0: You're listening to a Military Life Media Podcast. Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast. A podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. There's everyday life, then there's a life in defence. There's nothing else quite like it, and for me, there's no other bank that understands this the way Defence Bank does. With products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses, 30 on-base branches across Australia, and an award-winning banking app, they just get defence. But don't take my word for it. Others agree, in fact, they were recently awarded Defence Services Bank of the Year by Wii Money, a unique bank for a life like no other visit defensebank.com.au today to find out more this week on the podcast something a little different i caught up with defense partner jenny who was a guest on the podcast a few years ago now back when she was about to move across the country for her husband's first posting On episode 98, Jenny and I spoke about the transition from civilian to defense family life after being together for 13 years, leaving friends and family and helping their kids start fresh in WA and taking on the mental and physical load of the household while also figuring out how to deal with DHA, toll, all the defense life things. On this episode, Jenny updates us on how the move went and what the first few years of defense life have been like for their family. Welcome back to the podcast, Jenny. Thank you for having me, back. Thanks for coming back on. Your original episode, episode number 98, went live just over a year ago, and we spoke about how defense came into the picture, that your husband was a late entry and had been away for training. And at the time when we recorded, in 18 days, you were due to move from the East Coast to the West Coast for your first posting. How did those 18 days play out? And what were those last few weeks like before moving away from all of your friends and family?
1: Gosh, those 18 days went extremely fast. We had to go down and see his graduation. So I convinced my parents to come so that we could go and see his graduation I was packing all sorts of outfits and gear, not knowing what the attire was or what the kids had to wear. But we managed to make it down and see all the ball and go to the graduation night. And I felt totally out of my depth with all these really young people that my husband had spent all this time training with. But look, we had a ball, had a good time. It was quite an eye-opener experience with all the uniforms and the performances in all the marching and the lining up and the watching the whole parade. But it went really quickly because as soon as that was done, we basically hightailed it back to where we lived, which was north of where he graduated. And we had to basically again continue packing up the house. And I think we had about mm, less than a week from when he got back to when we had to go. So that went really super quickly. And so I'd been doing all the packing and the pre-Toll things, but Toll hadn't had a pre-visit. So of course, when Toll came, they all arrived at the same time, the pre-visit and the Toll. And everything was just packing up before our eyes. So trying to fit everyone in to say goodbye and to sort of imagine what it would be like when we get there was really difficult. We'd been living in that area for seven years. So we had a really good community. We had family was 40 minutes away. So there were a lot of changes to come, but I guess you get caught up in the whirlwind of the excitement of adventure and moving to another part of Australia. And so it was really mixed emotions. And yeah, we really didn't know what awaited us over here. Those of our 18 days
0: went really, really quickly. And you mentioned that by the time your husband came back, you only had a week. What was it like for him to transition back to the family and then being around you and the kids and then also with him being faced with the reality of, okay, the house is half packed. We actually, in a week we're moving and I've only got a week to see all of these people that I've been away from and then our life is going to significantly change.
1: Well, for him, I suppose you didn't have a lot to say because a lot of it was done. We did organize one kind of big catch up in one of our areas and basically said, we're going in two days. We'll be at this park and this playground. If You guys want to say hello and goodbye. And that was kind of including family. That was the easiest way to do it. This is where we're going to be. So that was really crazy because I don't think it really sunk in. It was a bit weird. We'd never done anything like this before. So to feel those feelings or try and express to others what it was like, we didn't really have an answer yet. So I think we were just really caught up in the process of what's next, what's next, what's next. And for him, he'd already said goodbye to his job a long time ago. So coming back, he had a few selected mates that we tried to include in our catch up, but yeah, I don't know what he thought, you know, the house was half packed up. And I'd done a lot of the transferring of our property to an agent so we could get a tenant living in our property. So that was also kind of done and out of his hands. So hopefully he was all right with it all. But yeah, he's a pretty quiet kind of guy. But I do remember a few people coming around to our house and a couple of times he was pretty emotional. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, it's really sinking in. He's feeling it and I'm feeling it. To be honest, it was good to kind of just get out of the house finally and into temporary accommodation, waiting for our flight because we just needed to move on. You know, there's so much waiting and waiting and planning and planning. I just just really wanted to go, just do this thing that we're supposed to be doing and, and get
0: out of here really just to move on. Being in that state of transition or one step in, not your old life, but the house and the place that you know you're going to leave and then have taken so much time to plan to move everything to the other side of the country. You don't want it to start, but you just want to get it over and done with kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And we had
1: never done anything like this before. So we couldn't relate really to anyone else's experience. And everyone's is so unique anyway. There were a lot of changes to our life overall. I guess it was probably hard to know where to grieve or where to start processing where you felt the most loss. And I think it wasn't till we actually got here that that probably definitely hit home for us.
0: So how did you approach the big move with your kids? Their school age, they would know what was, not technically what was about to happen, but they would would have realised that, okay, moving means leaving my school, my friends and starting new in a new location. How did you approach actually telling them that this is what was going to happen and how did you deal with managing their feelings around it and helping them through that transition?
1: I remember sitting down at the dinner table when my husband first was accepted into the Navy and I remember saying well you can tell them <laughs> you're doing this and we told them over dinner and my daughter is so social she just it fills her bucket to be around people and for her she's like no nah, I'm not going I don't want to do it you know she she you know they're children they only know what they see in front of them and what they're currently living through so she really didn't want to go. My son was a bit younger, so I don't recall him having much of a reaction, but then the questions came all the time every day. And yeah, they they didn't really understand the concept of their dad being away for that big block of time. So I think it was like a daily managing questions and being as honest as we could and then trying to get them excited for where we're going, like, oh, look, this is going to be your school and this looks like where we're going to live and, oh, let's have a look at the area and see what there is to find when we get there or maybe we can make a list of something that might be really cool to do in the first lot of school holidays because we were leaving when their school had like a week and a half to go and we were transitioning into the school holidays. However, at the time it was COVID, so we had quarantine of the whole school holidays the days except for like maybe two or three in quarantine and those two and three basically were us moving into a house and then bang they started the new school so I'm really proud of them and how they've managed themselves but yeah I guess we were just as honest as we could about the things they had to say we gave them journals so they could write things down or draw pictures we just kind of faked it till we made it but at the same time really tried to listen to their questions and answer as best we could.
0: When we last spoke, you had only been able to prepare, research and imagine what posting would be like, what moving so far would be like and becoming a a fully fledged defence family would be like. What were you expecting and what was the transition actually like once the reality of defence life set in?
1: I, I guess I didn't know what to expect. The journey over was really long, even though we're in the same country, like the physical journey they wanted to send us through like two different states to fly over here in WA and we were like fighting the system going absolutely not we've got two children and like 10 pieces of luggage physically we're not going through two airports to get across the other side and we managed to wing them down to one so even that physical journey which was the first kind of taste was really long and because of covid we had to get permission to, even though we didn't leave the airport in Melbourne, I'm fairly certain I still had to get permission to be in the airport in Melbourne because I was transitioning through. So I was trying to get those border passes. And at one stage, I needed one for Queensland, one for Melbourne, and then one for WA. And then they changed our flight and they changed it again. So that bit was an absolute nightmare. And then the COVID testing you were supposed to do. So Look, the actual physical arrival here, that was really long. And then we got to the airport at like 11pm and there was like no one there It was in the dark looking for a taxi that came like a maxi taxi with all our luggage and people. And that was really not a great first start. Look, once you get to know the system in terms of how they like you to record your furniture, how they like you to communicate to them, how sometimes you actually have to be really forward and you have to be really strong in what your family needs, and what you would like. Once we kind of understood that and how you can have different case managers, it was just an adjustment. <laughs> it wasn't a great experience. Like our furniture arrived when we're still in quarantine and we're like, that's nice, we can't leave. And then our hire car was like given to us a day before we could leave quarantine and we're like, that's nice, we're in quarantine. So the lack of communication and lack of organisation just really blew me away because I was like, how is that possible? You're like an international company almost and you're all over Australia, yet you contract yourselves out and you can't communicate to each other effectively to actually understand the travel that you've organised for someone so it all syncs for the days that they need their car or their furniture or whatever it is. So we had to make it up as we went along really. There were definitely some really frustrating moments and being stuck in that hotel for quarantine was depressing, but that's got nothing to do with defences. It's just to do with COVID. So it was a really long start. It felt like a really long time before it got off the ground and we could get out and explore and find out where DMFS is and find out where our local community centre is and where the base is and all that sort of stuff. But as I said, we were basically from quarantine to moving house to starting school. So it was like bang, bang, bang in no chance to really think about anything in between.
0: Well, it sounds like you are a fully-fledged defence family if you've already cottoned on to the organisation and the talking to each other kind of. Oh, uh, <laughs> it blew me away.
1: I was like, how are you guys an organisation? It's just crazy. <laughs> like I've had some jobs in my time where I've been in a leadership role, you know, and if you're not all over it, the wheels just fall off and I'm like, how on earth are you just... just... I was like, this is, no, this is not going to happen. Like this is crazy. So... Yeah, we just had to fight for what we needed and just present them going, well, you organized this and this, but we need this and this. We told you, so you need to go find it because we're here and this is what you told us to do. So solve the problem. <laughs>
0: sounds, sounds like you're setting the bar high for your first couple of years in Defence Life, but it means that you've come into Defence Life with that standard of, well, I'm just going to ask for what I need because otherwise no one else is looking out for me, so I've just got to look out for us, And but works out for us, then great.
1: Well, that sometimes is the advantage of being a new person. You can kind of play dumb and, and go, oh, well, this is what you said. It's on paper here, or this is what was told to me, so why didn't you do it? We just had to push it as far as we could. Look, it all worked out in the end. You just had to do a lot of starfish breathing, as I call it in my job, starfish breathing. <laughs>
0: In practical terms, how did it actually work with you moving into your first DHA property? What was the location like? What was it like settling the kids into school, finding employment? How did all of those practical things work for you and... Did the property meet your expectations? Was it great location? Like Because all of these things were only on paper and until you Mm -hmm. actually get in location, you actually don't know how those things are going to fit and work and actually be like to live in and find the schools and find the employment and all of that.
1: We only had one choice for a property for defense rental. So we just took it. Thankfully, the area it was in, we could walk to the shops, like the main, like a Stockland mall. So that was quite good. School wise, we had had a few names down, but we kind of had to just pick before we left which school and enroll them. And they're at a very good independent school and we're so grateful that they got in and it's not too far from the house, but we kind of Googled that sort of thing to start with to see what our radius would be from this particular property. The defence house was way too small. There was no backyard. There was not enough storage for us and how we like to live our life. Definitely not the way I would build a house nor design a house, but you know what? That was never going to (laughs) happen. The thing my husband would tell you that I hated the most about the house was the shower curtains. I was filthy that they didn't have glass as a wall in your shower. Who uses a shower curtain? That is Like generations ago, a great invention, but now that is awful. It is, it's terrible idea. So I just loathed those bathrooms because shower curtains, it's just ridiculous. Look, the house was fine for a while. We're not in it anymore. We didn't last that long. We decided to move out and find other accommodation that suited us better. So hopefully another family is enjoying that property as best they can. And in terms of finding a job, I, I my profession is a teacher. So for me, I looked at all the local schools in the area and decided I was just going to apply for a few and then just start with casual days. As it turns out, I got given a contract after the first term of being over here in my kids' school. So the last term of last year, I started working for that term full time. And it's just kind of grown from there. So I feel incredibly looked after compared to some that really struggle to find employment in whatever capacity they work or they want. It took a long time though. And yeah, I I didn't like that first term at all because it was lonely. And, you know, I'm trying to find my feet and find people. And so many of us work these days, it's just the way that we need to, to keep up the living costs. So both partners are working. So for me, it was like, man, standing there in that playground, waiting for someone to talk to me or me standing there smiling, waiting for my children. Ugh, That was awful. I didn't like that at all. But it was just part of the process.
0: What was the emotional and mental load of posting and such a huge change for your family like? You mentioned that first term was hard and even though it's exciting that your defence members finally starting in that job that they've been away training for and the moves behind you and you've finally settled, but sometimes it can be that once the dust has settled, you're like, oh, okay, so this is really what we're going to be living for however many years and you kind of take stock and think okay, well, I've left all my friends and family and the kids are in a new school and I've started a new job and everything's changed. And the defense members doing their thing, working the defense (laughs) job. (laughs) What was that emotional and mental load like once you sat back and took stock of everything?
1: Well, I remember the first time I dropped my kids at school and I'd said goodbye and I was like walking to the car and I was like, man, everyone knows everyone. And how am I going to make friends? And maybe I should go and check out, our local like defense community place but everything they had on offer was my kids were grown out of that there wasn't stuff I could do so ugh, I didn't I didn't like it at all Uh, I wouldn't want to go back there (laughs) anytime soon please The mental load of working out, okay, well, who am I and what do I want to achieve when we're here or what kind of job do I want and what do I do with myself now, like physically sitting in the car in the car park and going, I don't know where I am or I think I know how to get home I better put that in the sat nav. Do I call my mom or like, he went off to his job and had all these courses to do and all these people to meet and I, yeah, didn't really, did not know what to do with myself, kind of like creating jobs at home and Looking around the local shops, and I mean, I did a few things like working out where a good GP would be, working out what kind of school sports the kids would want to do, and trying to work out how to sign them up. And then, but it's it's hard. You got to put yourself out there. You got to literally be the weirdo that's like smiling at everyone (laughs) because you want some human contact. So yeah, it was a pretty rough start. I remember, yeah, not really loving that everyone else has something to do except me. So yeah, that first term was really hard. You know, it was probably a really low time, a really lonely time and a long, a long time till the holidays, like, you know, till my kids were back and, you know, my husband took a day or two so we could do some
0: exploring. Once you'd gotten everyone else sorted like you said, it's like, well, everyone knows each other. How do I even make friends? Like up until your husband joined defense, wouldn't have been something as an adult, you would have been thinking about like, oh, to now suddenly make friends and I'm in a new job. And it's like that icky feeling like you said of those first few months of settling in and not knowing where your place is and all, you know, not even knowing how to get home from school. Like these are issues. Yeah. So did you access any mental health support or did you look at open arms? Did you look at any of those sorts of supports that were offered or any of, the courses or anything offered through Defence or Open Arms?
1: I didn't naturally gravitate there. I think feeling really new and fresh, I was like, ah, this is probably normal. You know, this is this is probably part of the course. I'm sure you'll make friends. Like I've always tried to have a pretty open-minded view of life and it was an opportunity for our family. So I felt like you just got to kind of maybe grow through it or walk through it. And I did have connections over East from a previous psychologist I'd been seeing from a job I'd had in the past that I needed to go and access mental health care for so I did have a connection there if I so felt I needed to phone them and that was also offered by that those particular people before I left. So I guess I felt like I had that safety net if I needed it. I was actually more searching for things for my kids. I was like, okay, what supports are there for them and what does DMFS have or what does Open Arms have for my kids and just trying to research that sort of stuff because I'd rather catch them before they fell so I was hoping that I could have those sorts of things ready to go if I needed them. But our school has an amazing defense mentor. So I knew that if I needed to, I could approach her about that. But no, I didn't seek any mental health services. And I haven't to this
0: date, but it's not to say that it won't happen in the future at all. You can look at the requirements of a defence member's job on paper and kind of get your head around a certain extent, but Mm. was the reality of your husband's commitment to defence and what was required of him, was it a case of, okay, well, this is what we kind of were told the job would and now he's gone and it's nine to five or like he's going to go away a couple of months after we get here like what was the actual reality of the requirements of your husband's job
1: Well, when we arrived the good thing about COVID and it's not good they shouldn't be in the same sentence but the advantage to us as a family was that he should have gone back over east I think once or twice for some courses but he had to do them online at home and so for me I was like oh good he doesn't have to go because I wasn't prepared for him to do that pretty much within that first you know was like two or three months we were here he's pretty much been on land until this year where he's now, this is second time away. So I was like, ah, man. And listening to previous podcasts, you so often hear that this is the plan and then it always changes. He's been away This the second time this year and that was not part of the plan, but it happened and he is now away right now. So some of the realities were quite different and trying to un- get my head around he's on duty occasionally, what that means for us and when he can't help out. And then just the, the acronyms, the reasons he does this course or this course, like I ask a few questions and then when I just sort of don't get it and he starts speaking defense language, I just sort of tune out a little bit and go, okay. Well, he knows what he's doing. So I'll just carry on with what I'm doing. Okay. Um, just let me know when you're going to be home, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, this year has been different to what we thought. Absolutely. I'm not dumb, you know, like I don't... Guess that they're like, oh, yeah, who will be in Landall next year before he's posted to another shit. Like, who knows? <laughs> I really think we have to be open minded about that. So, this particular time he's been away has taught me that I actually need to seriously source some really good babysitters because I've tried several times in this like month and it's been, sorry, I can't, sorry, I can't, sorry, I can't. So, yes, this year has been different to what was planned, but yeah, I'm not surprised, Beck. You hear it happens all the time.
0: But hearing about it and then it being your reality is a different story. So yeah yes yeah and so how has it actually been going with your husband going away like you've come from a location where you had friends and family and support networks and systems in place and ways to cope with being solo with the kids if you needed to how has it actually gone now that he's on his second trip away yeah so
1: we had the advantage of having some school holidays so that was like the downtime preparation time while he's been away Look, I've sort of like hit the wall now. So this is about a month. So this is, I feel like I'm tapped out now. However, there's not a lot I can do about that. (laughs) So what I need to do is actually, okay, well, what do I need? How do I get that to be a better mom, a better teacher, a better me? responsive in a positive way to him when he messages me or he has internet or wants to talk to the kids. So this time round, it's a good experience because it's, it'll be the longest he's been away since his training. So it's me learning to have some self-awareness and go, what do I need? How am I going to get it? How do I continue to sow into my own community as an adult? So any invitation, I'm just trying to like say, yep, we'd love to come. Yep, we'd love to come. So we can be social and get ourselves out because it's super easy to have multiple weekends at home where you really haven't done anything except keep the house alive or default to whatever your veg out state is, which is absolutely fine. But if you look back over a couple of weekends and you've done it in a row for me, I'm like, okay, maybe you need to get out there and be brave again. And being brave is exhausting. Like being brave and making new friends and being the solo parent at a function or another birthday party. You know, I think if I pause and think about it too long for me, I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. So yeah, I need a good, good set of babysitters. That's what's lacking here. So that is definitely something I have to put into place next
0: time or for the next like two-ish months it's like the rental market at the moment. You have to offer above and beyond yeah, the yeah. asking price just to lock yeah, them in. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. <laughs> I mean, it can, you know, it's a dog eat dog world with babysitters yeah. these days. Yeah, gosh. And I'm sort of
1: like maybe the defense mentor, maybe she needs a side gig where <laughs> she can like collect some high school students from our school and just, just like scan them or background check them for me. <laughs> and maybe we she can start a side hustle and pass me some numbers and, and we'll set something up.
0: Yeah, where are all the defense um, high school kids? Come on. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. They'll get it for sure. Do you feel like you're still connected to your friends and family back home? How have you sort of fostered those relationships being so far away?
1: Yeah, look, they've pretty much died. And that sounds so sad, doesn't it? you know, we were living there for good seven years. So, you know, my kids had friends in classes that they repeated grades with. And so we had the same families around us. So initially in the beginning, there were definitely attempts by people to phone me or text me, or I got one or two cards in the mail which is so lovely yeah but now it's really just faded away now some of that's to do with me like I'm full-time solo parent and unless you have had your partner away multiple times for multiple chunks of time you just you don't understand and that's fine I don't expect unless you've been through it, that you're going to understand it. So, you know, it's a bit of give and take. So I absolutely could probably send more messages, try and phone more people. My beautiful neighbor, she has been about the only one that consistently texts me, I think, at least once a fortnight. Otherwise, yeah, it's pretty much don't talk to any of them. So
0: it's um, a little bit sad, really. That's really hard everyone's got their own lives but then also you are also then doing lots of things solo so then your capacity is at its limit and it's not like that you don't want to connect with those people but it's like you're living your life over here and yeah it's that disconnect between where you've come from to where you are now.
1: Yeah. They do feel worlds away, to be honest. We try and Zoom with my family at least every Sunday afternoon, which is quite special. But as my kids grow up, they're like, oh, I don't want to talk on Zoom. Oh, what am I going to talk to grandma about? You know, so yeah. I'm like, come on, it's really important. You need to talk to grandma. And that also gets harder as they get older because they've got other things they want to do or friends they want to talk to online and you're like ah come on
0: yeah and then of course there is the option of going back and visiting making sure that you have regular visits or having family come and visit you but then financially there's a cost to that and then also having the leave to be able to do that and your family having the leave to be able to do that it's really tricky when the reality of it sets in
1: yeah like my brother actually just came to visit for two weeks which is so nice so he worked from home One week while we were all at work and school, and then the second week we did all these super fun tourist things. So we went to the zoo, we went down south, we went into town. Like I, you know, we did a whole heap of fun things with him. And then April, my parents actually came over to visit, so that was really nice. So in the holidays there, we did lots of fun stuff too. So we have had family come and visit, which is amazing. And I think people have all good intentions to say, Oh, yeah, awesome. I've never been over there, I'll totally come and visit you. But it's just life, money kids like everything just gets in the way so we're actually going back for christmas so i'm really excited
0: to see family and see who's around what is the future likely to hold for you and your family will you be staying in that location for a while how is it looking for you know next posting when is all that happening and has that even been discussed or is it just focus on being in that location now
1: Defence love a plan. Defence loves sort of, you know, upskilling, promoting and moving you up that ladder. And that's all okay. But my husband was asked to put something together. So we did. And we were very particular about wanting to stay here for a good chunk of time to allow our children to have a good stint in the same place. And if we play our cards right, we should be here for a similar time than we were when we were over East. So, you know, anywhere up to eight years. And that's what I'm going for. That's what I'm rooting for, what I'm voting for. We've got it on paper somewhere and we hopefully we've put it under the right noses. And as it happened, one of the national, I guess I'm going to say cohort leaders of my husband's department or whatever you want to call it, ended up being here for a visit beginning of this year and then ended up being at our house for dinner. So I was like, perfect. Hey, I'm not in defense. You're in my dining table. I'm going to tell you what I'd like us to do. So it was pretty funny. And I reckon my husband was squirming in his chair. And look, I wasn't rude about it, but I was like, hey, so this is happening and I'd like this to happen. And my daughter doesn't finish school here till this. So (laughs) if you can just make that happen, That'd be awesome. Thanks, and I love it was—it it was so funny. But I was like, you know what? Am I ever going to get the chance again? I don't know. So I'm just going to say
0: it. Hey, you so, got to shoot your shot. You got to shoot your posting shot while you can. Yeah.
1: Well, hey, you know uh, why not? You know, I don't work for you. Not my boss. So <laughs> don't crucify my husband. But he was having a few giggles. So I haven't heard any backlash. So I think that that was hopefully uh, received okay. <laughs> um, and we're still in defense. He hasn't—he hasn't been let go. So um, yeah, hopefully anywhere between I'm going to say six to eight years so that would allow my daughter to be in maybe year 11 or 12 so then you know give or take it might be a MWDU if that's the right acronym you know the acronym at the back of your hand that's kind of our approach there are opportunities for him to maybe possibly go to the territory to do patrol boats maybe and I was like that's cool you can go there I'm not going to live in Darwin so we yep. will stay here and you can do that so we have a few ideas but I suppose it's sort of one year at a time but yeah hopefully it didn't fall on deaf ears and they were happy with the plan so yeah. yeah
0: ultimately it's up to the defense gods I suppose <laughs> yeah yeah Is there anything you would do differently in the lead up to your move? Is there anything looking back that you would do differently?
1: Yeah, look, I think they used to do, I don't know what you call it, but flights where you could go to your next posting and like, you might know what they were called, but you could go and visit the next posting and check out education or maybe housing or something. I think I would probably do that anyway, whether defence are going to pay or not, because I think it'd be fascinating to come over here and get a better literal map of the areas where you're allowed to, To live in terms of distance from the base, I would definitely, if we're in a position, I would have done that one so I could see the school face to face, meet the people face to face, because I think that's a better judge. But that's not financially possible for everyone. So that would be, if you can do that, that would be one way to approach it. So you're not so surprised or caught out when you get over here. Everyone's physical posting and experience in the defense is all very different, but. I would definitely talk to people, find people that are in defense. I went about it my own way anyway and did lots of research and answered my own questions. But if there's any offering that perhaps your partner's cohort team offer take it ask them lots of questions find out if you can speak to like the admin in the department that they're going to work in and ask them lots of questions like you know where's this school from this place or who can I talk to about education because I'm pretty sure they have people that can help you find appropriate educational schooling so I would definitely tap into that I didn't access that I just kind of googled lots of things yeah um, the education
0: liaison officers yeah the MFS. yeah
1: yeah I would absolutely try and talk to them They should have the research on the schools and the locality of where you're going to live and what you need. And if your child has additional needs, absolutely tap into anything you can. I found out things along the way. So as early as you can, join some of these closed Facebook pages we have in the groups, talk to DMFS, call them, phone them, ask them all these questions. Yeah, just to be as prepared as you can. That's probably. The only thing I'd do differently because the beauty of the internet these days is you can do your own kind of research. If you can find anyone that was in that last posting, absolutely, ask them
0: lots of questions. And check on the DHA website if the house has shower curtains or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, do not, no. Or say, I'll live there, but you can put glass in, mate, because that is just yuck. Like, who does that? Grow up. Spend some money. Seriously. What, are we in the 1980s? Oh, absolutely. I'm not at a caravan park. This is my <laughs> home. Seriously. Come on, I'm not a university student that's, you know, eating baked beans on toast. Like, no way. So, yeah, don't. So cool. Don't go in that house. You know, if there's no glass, just be warned. You will have to take your own shower curtains.
0: If there's no glass, it's a pass.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's your new saying. Let's see if we can circulate (laughs) that around some of those Facebook pages.
0: Definitely a hashtag waiting to happen. Yeah. Oh, oh, I wish I had that hashtag. That would have been great. What words of wisdom can you impart on other defense partners out there who might be like you in your original episode and we're in this sort of holding pattern where life was about to change massively Mm -hmm. and everything is unknown and they just want to get the move done, but they also don't because it means leaving friends and family and Mm -hmm. so much change. What can Mm -hmm. you sort of say to them to take your mind back to when you're in that position? And what can you say to them?
1: Speak. kind to yourself in terms of when you get there like take it easy just take it one step at a time so one drop off at a time or one first visit to the base at a time and however you gather your thoughts whether it's yoga or journaling or whatever start that from when the posting begins or is going to come up or something because then you've got somewhere to put that like you said if you used to see a psychologist perhaps Find out open arms and what their services are before you get to your next posting so that it's ready to go and you can access it. But also be brave, like look at it as an opportunity. Like we probably would never have come over to the West, maybe holiday, maybe, you know, look at it as an adventure. Get the most out of it. For me, the tricky thing is where we're living now is not going to be our forever home. So If I think too hard on that, it's a little bit sad because I know that we'll be moved again. Yeah, be that weirdo in the playground that smiles at everyone and actually says hello and breaks into a conversation of strangers because you, if you've posted before, you'll know that that's really hard. But once you've done it once or twice, you know, you'll come away with one or two good friends and try and find a school that has a really good defense mentor because my kids have been able to connect with her really well and then they're not willing to talk to me. I know that, you know, they may talk to her or she can advocate for my kids. So find out all the services you can take, all the help defense will give you, whether it's a healthcare card, whether it's tutoring, which my daughter uses, which we get reimbursed for, those sorts of things would be my advice and be prepared like any kind of holiday, any kind of house move, It's going to go belly up, but you'll be an amazing problem solver because that's what we become. Defense partners become amazing problem solvers and really quick at Google and know how to outsource. Like you'll be really good at those things by the time you've been here for a couple of months. So be brave and give it a go, but be kind enough to yourself to be honest about what you're thinking, what you're worried about. I mean, that just helps me process it when I can write it down or say it out loud.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jenny, and revisiting those first 12 months of defence life and letting us in on how life is going now and what might be in your future dependent on the defence gods and whether you got through to chain of command when they're at your dinner table
1: yeah yeah absolutely well it's my pleasure it's really great the, to hear other people's stories and i think that makes a big difference you know if this is your first time listening keep listening go all the way back listen to everyone's stories and you'll absolutely identify with what's happening in our community for sure so thanks for having me on That thanks jenny